Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce growth show in the UK. Uh, my name is Phil Kay. You, you'll know me from Segmentify. Uh, I'm talking to a great guy today called Chris Navroski. Now, Chris is a bit of a veteran, a bit of an e-commerce veteran. Uh, been in pure play for a, a long, long time, over 12 years actually on the client side. And uh, then he went on to found his own agency called uh, Here, as in short for heuristics. And he's been running that for the last three years. So he specializes in, in something that he calls holistic e-commerce, which we'll dig into a little bit more. Um, but um, let me welcome Chris first. Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. It's been it's been lovely to get to know you over the last few weeks. Um, how's how's uh, you know how's life? How's the weather up where you are at the moment in 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 London? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with life. Life's good. Life's good. You know, it's um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think you know it's um, everyone's gone through the cycles of lockdown yeah. where you have you know those several ups and downs throughout it, and then now it's very much looking at what's the rest of this year holds and you know even more so what q on q2 next year looks like yeah. but all in all i cannot complain um the weather the weather is phenomenal i'm looking outside <laughs> the weather you know it's, it's not raining which is good but that's it that's, yeah. that's a bonus for our country exactly. isn't it? exactly yeah yeah anyway so why don't we start with a bit of an icebreaker um so you are investing and in starting in your own d2c business is that right it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So um, it's something that we, my, myself and my business partner, who's also called Chris. So you know, it's not nice and confusing. But equally, Chris, if you shout Chris in our direction, one of us will answer. <laughs> um, so we, we we have sort of three or four D C businesses we're working on, which are owned awesome. by us, uh, which we're looking to deploy sort of Q four this year. Awesome. Um, a variety of sort of uh, predominantly heavy retail businesses which are all d2c leveraging a lot of the the, the, the knowledge and the uh, strategies yeah. that we deploy for other sort of uh, smes yeah again you know it's it's a lot of this proof 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 of uh proof concepts proving okay. that what we say will happen will happen and does happen and yeah. do it for ourselves and also you know it's good to constantly get learnings um i'm, I'm always working super hands-on in yeah. ppc paid social programmatic yeah. Yeah. you know seo uh, trading yeah. and so on and so forth but to do it for myself yeah. to see that firsthand absolutely can What's you give us a snippet of like what some of the things you, you're doing or testing or is it a bit under the wraps at the moment it's a little bit under the wraps at the moment but as soon as soon i mean you'll 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 know once it's there <laughs> hopefully hopefully yeah. um yeah. But, but again you know it's we're, we're launching businesses that aren't trying to take over their their, their, their categories you know yeah. just trying to be sort of one percent of that category to share yeah. some market share and get get some good learnings from it definitely um we, we've invested... sorry mate carry on no no i was gonna say we just, i mean invested in some uh in some dcs as well who are sort of you know en entry level who need that next that next sort of boost so we give sweat equity as well as actual cash equity which allows yeah. them to do marketing then we activate the marketing as well as be part of their centralized uh directors team yeah that sounds really exciting um yeah, that that's fantastic. I mean, how um how do you go about like strategizing around around this kind of thing? I mean, it makes sense to me that if you're if you you see an established market 
and then you work a way to take a, a small part of a big market. Is that is that basically what the thinking is? Yeah, yeah. So we, we work we work on the premise. It's, it's very similar to a lot of um, a lot of the strategy that uh, Amazon sellers have. So they right. look at the market. They look at the size of the market. The actual ability to get cut through into that market. Then what percentage of that market would make it worthwhile for them? So it's, it's a lot of it's looking at sort of your your you know Pareto principle of understanding. Yeah. You know what effort you're putting into what you're getting out. So it's a yeah. similar for us. So we look, we look, we look at categories like that, um, and it's not necessarily about you know wanting to own that category, but trying yeah. to play a part in it. Um, you know, yeah. it's also about looking at sort of the digital IQ of the market, and yeah. where we can actually deploy super high digital IQ and get cut through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really interesting, really interesting. Um, so let's talk about like the main the main topic today. We we mentioned it at the beginning. This this idea of holistic e-commerce growth. Um, don't worry about that. Um, um tell tell us more about what that actually means and how your consultancy is positioned around that yeah so i think tr traditional consultancies and agencies tend to sell in um direct product sets that they have so you know we're a you know you're either a ppc agency or a paid social agency or an seo agency and there's some overlap in between them and yeah. you know some some cross borders and i think right. you know where 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 we're positioning ourselves is actually being able to say okay well it's not just going to be ppc that drives you forward it's not just going to be no. paid social there are yeah. there aren't necessarily a silver bullet that'll serve all brands yeah. at all times so no. the, the standpoint we work from is essentially a super business centric e-commerce strategy where we actually define what you want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it so right. so for example you know it, the, the, this business approach is saying okay we want to hit this gross revenue it's like, okay great yeah. And then drill in then as you drill into it, it's actually, well, we need this subscriber base because yeah. their their subscription case subscription uh, business that needs to grow yeah. its subscription yeah. base and yeah. their actual target is subscribers. So then it's working backwards from the subscriber base. Um, yeah. or equally, you know, join a business when we get asked to do paid social. And what we actually end up doing in three three or four months is actually building out a PL, a cash flow, uh, and a and a buying strategy, which enables them to get the bottom line growth that they're looking for. So, you know, it, it's, it, there, there isn't a linear solution of turning on a channel to get this maximized growth. It's no. about being able to advise business-centric strategies that, yeah. that involve e-commerce marketing and operations. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, obviously you're talking about growth there. Is it, how does, the, how does it look these days in this kind of world that you're operating in? Is it, is it growth? no matter what you know is it growth with profit is it none of the above how do you see it at the moment in terms of the um you know the 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 the, the, the increasing difficulty of kind of breaking into markets the increased competition um cpas and so on how does that how do you do that can, can you do both can you grow profit and growth at the same time so I mean, first of all, it's a great question. I think you know CPAs have been coming more and more constrained as we go forward. Uh, the way that the way that I look at it and try and explain it is, say, you know, if you look back ten years yeah. ago, PPC yeah. was the aspirational channel to get into. Then, yeah. if you look back seven years ago, paid social was the aspirational channel to get into. Now, all those channels, they're just one hundred and one. It's part of your playbook. It's just what we do. You know, small brands have PPC. Small brands have paid social. It's no longer this thing that they're reaching for. It's a thing that everyone does. Yeah. So 
the silver bullets mm. are no longer there. There were there were many brands that turned into multi million pound brands off the back of paid social. Yeah, when it first came to market, but now yeah, yeah, yeah. the market is so saturated, and it's yeah. very hard to get the same sort of CPA that mm. you used to. Yeah, um, and I think you know is 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 that sort of growth pros, 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 like possible? Hundred percent. 100%. I think it's just category specific, product specific, really doing your homework behind what you're selling before you start selling it. So, yeah. you know, the way they look at it, you can do you can do a top you can do a top down or bottom up view on it. So, bottom up is we have this product, we want to try and sell it to the market, we'll find out what that market is. Yeah. Or find out what the market is, then build a product to fit into that market. And I think that's where a lot of businesses can go wrong because it's so easy to get a product to market. Mm -hmm. They don't think yeah. about what the rest of that narrative looks like. Yeah. Um, and you know, this this is where holistic e-commerce really kind of comes into play because it's the way the way that I look at it is, you know, there's a there's a table full of cups. Each cup is a channel. As you pour water into each channel, each one will overflow at different points. Mm -hmm. And it's knowing when the overflow happens and move to the next, move to the next. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're not you're not just going to build a business on paid social. You're not just going to build a business on PPC. You know, you need to be able to understand and validate what other channels do and how you actually move up that funnel to, you know, when, when things start overflowing. Um, it, 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 is, it is more challenging. The digital IQ of the, of the market in general has, you know, in, increased dramatically. I mean, particularly yeah. in the UK, where we are, you know, four four or five years ahead of the rest of, rest of the world, arguably. So a lot of what we're doing is setting benchmarks for the rest of the world. Mm. No, totally. Yeah, it's as you say, it's got harder. How do you know? Obviously, not your world. How how do you know when things are overflowing, moving from one channel to the next? How how do you do that? So a lot, a lot of that comes down to setting your your targets, your your qualifiers of success, which is arguably the first thing that you yeah. do before any project is looking at. It. So okay, in six months' time, in three months' time, in a month's time. What one thing are we going to look at and say we were successful because this thing happened? Mm -hmm. um, and arguably, you know, if you're talking about profitability, perhaps that is one of the, the flags that you have. You know, maybe it's impression share, maybe it's, so you set your qualifiers. So right. if your qualifier is a CPA, then okay. it's looking at your channel mix yeah. and how that CPA blended across all channels hits your right. goal to the most profitable uh, kind of level. So, you know, obviously, if you had, say, you had £10,000 to spend in a month, put yeah. that on social. You can yeah. spend and spend and spend. Then you hit that bell curve of performance where you fall off the other side. Right. And the only way of really knowing that is understanding size of market, competition, seasonality, offer, product, and all these things make it sort of a rich tapestry per channel. Yeah. Um, so arguably, you know, if if you're operating PPC and there's no one else in your space doing it, mm. then you, you run away with it. But if there's no one else in that space, there's probably going to be less search. If there's less search, there's less headroom for you to grow into. If there was more search volume, then there's more headroom, but there's, there's going to be more competition. So it's understanding the bottlenecks and yeah. you know, preempting them. And that's essentially you know, what building out a, a multi-channel marketing forecast allows you to do is yeah. going in with these assumptions saying, well, actually, you know, paid social is only going to be 4% of our online business. And that's okay because we've planned other areas to grow into. So, okay, well, organic, that's going to grow. Yeah. with our outreach fantastic and organic that doesn't cost us anything pay social costs us you know you, you might break even but that's okay because yeah. blended 
it's a very healthy uh, channel mix. And I think that that's where this sort of really sort of holistic methodology comes into play is understanding the push and pull and the positive tension between each channel. Yeah, no, totally. Is it um, when, when you say holistic in, in your sense, you know, with, with, with here, um, is, it, um, is it all about acquisition or are there any other areas that you concentrate on as well? Like? So, no, in, in short, it's not. I think acquisition has been very much um, the sign of the times. Every, you know, everything, every, everyone's pushing. Post-pandemic, everyone's pushing to programmatic. Everyone's, because during, during, the, during the pandemic, the yeah. online presence of consumers doubled, tripled, quadrupled in some cases. And with that, opened up the market. And with that, uh, you know, enabled more programmatic. You know, there is going to be a legacy of that where the market's, still still a bit swollen but it will slowly decline to a run rate um so acquisition is, is a sign of the times um but again without retention there is no acquisition acquisition is your your, your short-term play yeah. your long-term play is your retention strategy and again this this goes back to setting those targets and kpis um i don't know if you're familiar with sort of uh, a silicon valley methodology which is the silicon valley of death which is effectively spending into a massive deficit of acquisition, yeah. knowing that you'll soon have that uptick of retained clients. Right. So you can almost say we can spend into a massive hole because we know that they're going to return in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Then our point of inflection on your break-even point is going yeah. to be in three months. And at that point, yeah. you're going to start swelling. And that, that's essentially what this sort of yeah. VC methodology is, is uh-huh. cash to market to grow to yeah. then retain, yeah, to yeah. give you a Kickstarter. Yeah, sure. Does that, I mean, it's probably a silly question, but I mean, obviously there's a risk associated with that, right, as well. I mean, does it always go like that or, you know, does it backfire and it doesn't happen? And you so, do? I mean, first of all, the Ronda are on a silly questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, it, you know, it's about assessing risk. In my mind, it's not a risk if you've assessed it. Because if it is still a, too much of a risk, you won't do it. So, you know, it's understanding that there are variables and you've got to give your best guess at what that is. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's you've got, you've got to model these things out and really understand what it could look like. Yeah. And then you've got to put your best guess at it and run with it. You know, there, yeah. you know, there are market conditions which you can't, you can't, you can't account for. You know, COVID, mm. massive, oh, yeah. massive, 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 change in market massive downturn massive uptake massive downturn mm. um then going back to going back to work you know yeah. we'll, even, we'll even go back to work you know in a traditional sense and what yeah. will that do um yeah, yeah. Mm. No, no no totally it's it's all very uh interesting to see where this is all going i mean if you were to boil growth down to like one important most important thing if you like what would you what would you say that was Ooh, one thing. Um, the most important thing that you have to consider, if you like. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's essentially what we've just covered there. It's understanding what the full customer lifecycle looks like. Yeah. You know, if you are if you are acquiring, what happens then? Mm-hmm. Where is the handoff point, and then what goes on from there? So effectively, if you yeah. know you're going to acquire, at you know, if if you're not first purchase uh, yeah. positive in terms of revenue. Yeah, then yeah. you have, you have to know what is going to sequentially happen, and I know there are there are there are some categories where you won't be first purchase positive, and you've got to understand that there's going to be sequentials. So I think understanding customer and market yeah. is yeah. 
you know, is paramount with, yeah. with any sort of new business going to market, understanding where they dwell, what their spending habits are, what their bottlenecks are, what, you know, what, you know, if you build the best product in the world and take it to market, but if it's yeah. twice the price of your nearest competitor, they're not going to look at how great it is. They're going to look at your competitor and say, well, actually, that's just cheaper. You know, there's less friction there for them. So they'll go there. You'll yeah. get some catchment, but it yeah. won't be, you won't be able to scale at the same rate. No, no, totally. No, it makes sense. You know, um, go, go, I mean, going back to the kind of the roots to market elements that you're talking about, um, is it is it possible to kind of, you know, grow like this where you're effectively distributing as opposed to kind of manufacturing? Like, so from, I'm, so I'm thinking about margins and profit and stuff and talking about growth and profit. Is there, is there a marked difference? And is it is it almost foolish these days to just be, distributing and do you have to go down the manufacture route to try and protect your profits and growth and stuff what does that all look like these days yeah that, that almost feels like a perfect segue into you know what 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 primark the primark conundrum of should they sell online should they not sell online um and i think you know it's again the, 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 you'll hear me say it a lot but it's positive tension and it has to be a positive tension between the two so at the start of the pandemic yeah. we helped a lot of um sort of enterprise uh b2b's move to d2c yeah and half of that was because you know there's an opportunity here that we can sell into that market great you know so opportunistically there is that move from b2b to d2c there's also a large transitional shift where larger high street manufacturers such as you know um perhaps halfords or b and q they yeah. used to they used to buy in a lot of stock but during the pandemic because they were closed they actually pulled manufacturing in-house so a lot of those b2b's weren't yeah. getting the same sales to them so they had to move to d2c and start growing that and i think a lot yeah. of this comes back to is, is, is future proofing yeah. how do you future proof yourself future proof your cash flow and understand consumer habits yeah. consumers are looking a lot more they are you know that it's not just google purchase it's look on the mobile look on the ipad look on the desktop come back in a week look again and within that where do you sit in that mix they won't necessarily have brand loyalties to Halfers to whatever. And the opportunities are within your broad channel mix is to get those touch points in and pull them into D2C. So, you know, there's much more value in owning your customer. And I think that's that's what the real, the real, the real thing here is being able to own that customer and create that long journey and build those brand narratives with yeah. them directly as opposed to through a third party. Yeah, sure, sure. Question on that then, um, I mean, I've asked this a few times before, what's your opinion on it? So when when a brand goes D2C that's, that's historically been, um, you know, B2B effectively, um, where, like, I don't know, going right back to the days of Apple, mm -hmm. um, the idea of having a massive distribution network, but also going direct. And, you know, I went, I mean, it was like a long time ago, right, when they, when they almost when they started doing it. And you could tell there was this massive kind of uprising of all the resellers and stuff going like, what's going on? They're going direct. How does that look these days in terms of anything around, um, you know, dilution of market available to the distributors versus the D2C and stuff? Is there any, like, have you got any views or any, you know, info on that? So again, you know, this, 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 this takes me back to being sort of client side in businesses that were sort of 90, 95% wholesale yeah um which the the argument would always be e-commerce can't grow because you're going to take wholesale's market share and you're going to you're going to stop our uh, customers from buying from our retailers that we sell to and that's just going to make more tension between us 
where yeah. things don't sell, the sell throughs drop, and you know, yeah. so on and so forth. And yeah. when in reality, that doesn't doesn't necessarily happen. No. Consumers shop differently. Yeah. And the person that buys in a small independent menswear shop isn't going to be the same guy that's going to be googling trying to find their best offer online. Yeah. And you know, this 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 is a very similar similar question to you know, where, when 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 do you use affiliates? And again, if affiliates for you is a discounted channel, that's fine. It's a different segmented audience. There'll be a small overlap, but not great. So, I think that the, the real the real challenge is, you know, it's not a one size fits all. It doesn't no. it, that that isn't true for every every sort of vertical, every single sort of business. But no. arguably, as as a, as a as a broad brush, I'd say yeah. the market is big enough yes. to not have those overlaps and no. not to write it off. You know, it, it's 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 the same reason for wanting to grow your B2B as well as your D2C. It's understanding that there are going to be overlaps, but it's positive. And yeah. it's there, there are other verticals there. So, for example, you know, if you're selling if you're selling bedding, the person who's going to look for you through Google is super high intent. They're just going to, they want some bedding because they need it. Yeah. But equally, B2B, you could sell bedding to hotels. And they're never going to be the same customer. And there's never going to be that overlap. So it's it's 100% is about understanding your market and market share. And I think the the only times you really come unstuck is if you're super wholesale heavy or super e-coms heavy and you're not willing to take that uh, positive tension and push mm. those sales around the business. There are opportunities across the board. It's just understanding that there are limits to each. If yeah. you go full wholesale, that will swell the market. And more, you know, more, more likely than not, mm. it'll negatively impact your wholesale accounts. If you have multiple wholesalers who are all into, you know, if you wholesale to multiple enterprise businesses, they're going to be fighting against each other as well as fighting against you. So yeah. it's yeah. understanding what will happen when that happens. Yes. Yeah. But it sounds to me like, I mean, it's been happening for a long time now and it's kind of increasing. So it, it clearly can sit together and, and work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's going to be a large resurgence of B2B. I think wholesale is going, going to boom over Q3, Q4 this year. It'll be interesting to see what uh, the, the the year ends look like next year. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, everyone's planning for that boom. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. I was surprised actually. You know, um, there was quite there was quite a big rebound in April. Yeah. Wise, but actually, May's May's print has come down like already. I was really surprised it would only take almost a month. I wonder if it'll, you know, resurge again at some point or or what. I, I think you know that there's there's a lot of socio socioeconomics at play here where yeah. you know I think it's just uncertainty, yeah. uncertainty in the market, uncertainty in cash flow, uncertainty in work, uncertainty in COVID. You know, all these things play a part in a consumer psyche. And actually, yeah. you know, it's it's not as not as simple as okay, I want to get back to the shops and I'll go out. Um, yeah. but yeah. equally, you know, we, we we it's too early to comment on what con what shopping habits are like. I and mean, I'm speaking personally yeah. through all of lockdown, I've not bought any clothing. I've just 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 kept what I had, and I even now I don't feel the need to buy anything. No, no, I haven't either. Actually, I uh, just you know because I haven't been out as much at all. I've been buying things like chlorine tablets and uh, <laughs> garden furniture, like everybody else, probably. Well, 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 this is it. You know, there's going to be that there's going to be that small transitional shift in sort of mental well-being, being at home, your home yeah. space, and. You know, it, I mean, it, it, even when I'm going out again now, I don't feel the need to buy more of anything that I need to go out. You know, it's very much about 
yeah. what, what what things do I need to actually exist? And but that, you know that that's yeah. that's where my head's at, and that's probably where it's going to be. And that's that's a massive change for me post pandemic. Yeah, no, totally. So um, I expect you'll be wearing the same clothes you're wearing now to the curry night in a, in a couple. Yeah. Of weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, one thing I did want to ask you because you mentioned silver bullets earlier, in the sense that there there aren't any like you know from the old the old cohort of things that. Uh, you know, um, were very, very successful when they first began. Have you detected, though, any new silver bullets or any forecasted silver bullets on the horizon at all? Or is that is that strictly under the uh, radar of the Hure consultancy? So I, I think, you know, that there are there are some plays that we do deploy, which there are short term wins, long term wins. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, in, in terms of the channel channels, you know, I think everyone has been watching TikTok. The difficulty is is understanding what that audience is. Yeah, and I think it's as 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 with most things, mm. the early adopters are going to be the brands that have a lot of cash kicking around, allowing them to put time and effort into it to grow yeah. an audience for tomorrow. Yeah, and that you know that's always the challenge. I think the, the the real the real thing here is understanding the slow decline of Facebook within you know within the UK. Facebook's declining. Yeah. Instagram's, you know, still increasing, but then the the way that that media is digested in the US is completely different, and it's still yeah. very much a core channel. So you know, yeah. you know, when we're talking about no silver bullets, it's all geo, geographically kind of has to be appropriate yeah, in that yeah. sense. But I think yeah. you know, you know, as I'm sure many people did, they I, I downloaded TikTok and I've I fall into the trap of just digesting media through TikTok, all yeah. nonsensical short media, which doesn't you know doesn't give me a lasting uh, a is lasting it, impression or anything is it entertainment is it, is it, it is. entertainment basically it is it is it, it's right. uh, you know i suppose it's very it fulfills that, 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 that americana of just constantly blasting you with lots and lots of media lots of different things and lots of yeah. subversive yeah. things which you know it's, it's such an un unknown quantity. I think the big, the big, the big things there is if you are successful, you can hit a lot of people and become viral. You know, there's been yeah. some musicians who have been very successful off the back of it, where they've had, you know, dare I say, it, TikTok dances that have made them go viral, which yeah. were global, and yeah. that made them, you yeah. know, yeah. a lot of money very quickly. Yeah, and yeah. that was that was the only strategy we should deploy. And I think again that that's. That's the thing about having, you know, saying there's no silver bullets. It's very much about understanding the market and what you can do as a brand. Yeah, no, totally. TikTok isn't going to be for everybody. No, no. Can you, can you, um, because I, 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 I don't know TikTok really. I mean, obviously, I've, I've, I've heard what, what you know, you, you're talking about and a lot of people have said, but can, can you use, can, can, a, can a brand use TikTok like they can use Facebook or, um, you know, Instagram at the moment already? Like, they they can they can and arguably yeah. you could probably use it to you know it, it's different it is different it is yeah. different so if you if you're looking for high impression share high yeah. awareness yeah yeah it talks a fantastic right. fantastic tool yeah, to yeah. you yeah um yeah the customer base you know it's super super low intense it's people just scrolling through it you know you're, you're playing for that impression share and eyes on yeah. it's not going to be a direct conversion tool that's and i think now that's great. where a lot of people won't use it because they, they're yeah. looking for direct conversions. And I think that's yeah. where yeah. The, the Facebook and Instagram ecosystem is changing, where it's less and less about direct conversions and more about a broader play. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, totally. So, again, I think it's just understanding where it fits and if it does fit and at what economy of scale for you as a business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, um, like, how how much things have changed, you know, in terms of um, how many people in the UK offset, or, or globally even, if certain demographics, you know, um, are spending a lot of time still scrolling through feeds of Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the younger generations, are they, you, you know, scrolling through TikTok all day still more? I, you know, I don't, I don't know what those trends look like and how that, so, they, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, on that point, so my, my other half's a teacher and I always try and get a lowdown from her on what, what, what the kids in her school are using. Yeah. And Facebook's, Facebook's the thing that your, that your granddad uses. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's indicative, you know, that the, the parts of Facebook that are growing are yeah. closed channels, which, you know, closed groups. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I've not posted on my wall in Facebook for no. years no. and I, I don't plan to, but what I do use on there, there's like good community groups. Yes. I think that's what they can leverage and what they can grow. And you, you'll probably see that big shift. And I think, you know, that's, yeah. if you can build a community within Facebook, yeah. you know, you've got a community that you can send, media product to for free without having to actually market to them that you know that that's a big opportunity there but yeah, yeah. i think it's just it's, it's it's attention spans to media it's not it's you know it, it's shorter and shorter and it will keep going that way yeah no, totally is your dog all right by the way oh yeah he's just uh he's having a party outside i don't know if you can hear him <laughs> well, that's all right we'll finish up because he's quite young and he's, he's yeah yeah no he's he's, he's 15 weeks he's oh. uh still still yeah. a bit of a troublemaker yeah. oh sure well, we won't um we won't let him get too uh too upset um listen i mean it's been great to talk um about all this uh about this stuff holistic um growth and so on um if anybody is interested to have a chat to you about what you're doing the, you know um talking to here and so on what's the best way for the for the guys to get hold of you um, I mean, th through our website, so here.co.uk, um, or even LinkedIn, you know, I'd, I'd, if you add, add, me, add me on LinkedIn, um, send me a Brilliant. message, very happy to chat. Very awesome. Happy to. And, and just so, so your surname, just spell your surname so that guys can pick you up easy on LinkedIn. Yes, yeah, so that's N-A-W-R-O-C-K-I. Awesome. Nice and easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then final, final thing is, I always love to ask my guests this, put them on the spot a bit. Um, just pull something out of the, you know, of the um, experience of, of Chris Nagroski for the guys to take away a bit of a golden nugget from from your wisdom. Um, so again, I mean, unfortunately, I probably I covered this topic in here, but I think it's 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 set, setting goals and understanding yeah. what it is that you're trying to do, like really understanding what it is and drill yeah. drill back. So it's not just about we want to make more money. That's not a goal. That, that that you know that's a byproduct of your goal what is your goal is it to acquire more people to acquire more subscribers to grow your bottom line to make you more profitable to hire more staff or you know really understand what it is you're trying to do and why yeah. you're doing it once you have that you'll know which which direction to run in absolutely and, and i mean the message for, for, for me listening to this is that it's that it's far more it's it, it's very complex you can tell that there's a lot to it and some of the stuff yeah spoken about shows that there is so much to think about not only about before but whilst and and during the future of what we're trying to do as well but as i say thanks so much for the for the chat um, pleasure. i know it, it's been great to chat and uh, and guys just uh, just remains for me to say that if you're interested in getting involved in the show or you haven't signed up yet 
for uh, any of the existing or, or future episodes of the show, just head over to segmentify.com forward slash EGS. Uh, and as I say, you know, I'm always available if you want to get in touch. Um, if you want to, you know, us to research any particular topics or get involved, I'm at phil at segmentify.com. But uh, yeah, thank you so much again, Chris, for your time. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. No worries. I'll let you go and get your dog. And thank you so much, everybody. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Take care. God bless.